Welcome to Chromosphere, the color theory podcast. My name is Ed Charbonneau. I am an artist whose main focus is on painting, and I am also an adjunct faculty member in the Fine Arts Department at the Minneapolis College of Art and Design. This podcast presents a series of conversations about color, color usage, and optics as they relate to theories of human color perception in the making of visual art and design. Hello, and welcome to part two of my reading of Harmony, a chapter that I have written as part of a book project based on my research into color theory and the contents of the Chromosphere podcast. Part one of the reading charts how the term harmony came to be used by European and North American artists, designers, and educators as a qualitative descriptor of color usage and design, originating in metaphysics and philosophy in BCE Greece as a method to link the functioning of the five senses, including color vision. The concept entered into the vernacular of design via architecture during the Italian Renaissance. Throughout the 19th and into the early 20th centuries, theorists and educators claim the authority to define objective harmonies in color usage and design. In part two, I will be getting into how, how those objective harmonies formed methodologies that have been ubiquitous in practice for over the last 100 years. So thank you for listening, and here's part two of Harmony. So then a heading, Harmony and Proportion. In 1835, 25 years after Goethe first published Zerfarbalera, an English chemist by the name of George Field published what may have popularized the tendency to apply musical terms to the descriptions of visual artworks and color usages in European and North American cultures. Field's book is titled Chromatography, or a Treatise on Colors and Pigments and Their Powers in Painting. And he writes, quote, The colorist may justly trust to advance and perfect his science by following wherever the other lead, and particularly so by adapting, as far as possible, the harmonic principles of the musician, end quote. Within the text, Field uses the term equivalent in place of complementary, pertaining to those colors which mix to gray. Field claims that after um, images of, of inducer colors are in perfect harmony with each other as they form a perfect neutral when mixed. Therefore, he argues, given this harmony of neutrality, there is only one color, which is white. Gray and black are shades of white depending on the strength of the light. He writes, quote, The eye is quiet and the mind is soothed and complacent when colors are opposed to each other in equivalent proportions chromatically or in such proportions as neutralize their individual activities. This is perfect harmony or union of colors. But the eye and the mind are agreeably moved also when the mathematical proportions of opposed 
or conjoined colors are such to produce agreeable combinations to sense. And this is the occasion of this variety of harmony and the powers of composition and coloring. Thus colors in the abstract are a mere variation of relations of the same thing. Black and white are the same color. And since colors are mere relations, if there were only one color in the world, there would be no color at all, but only light and shade, however strange, offensive, or paradoxical such assertions may appear." End quote. Field connected the quantities of harmonizing complementary colors to the musical scale and the Fibonacci sequence. The Fibonacci sequence of numbers follows a pattern where each number in the sequence is the product of the previous two numbers. For example, if you begin with zero, then the next number would be one. You add one and zero together, you get one. Then you add one and one together, you get two. Two and one, three. Then it goes five, eight, 13, 21, into infinity. Within the sequence of numbers, after the first half dozen integers, the ratio from one number to the next begins to approximate the golden ratio, or the irrational number phi, or 1 to 1.618, typically rounded up to 1 to 1.62, as the relation from one number to the next. Field writes, quote, chromatic equivalence by means of the metrochrome, whereby it is ascertained that certain proportions of the primary colors, which reduce to their simplest terms, are as three yellow, five red, and eight blue, Fibonacci numbers, of equal intensities, neutralize each other integrally as 16. Consequently, Red 5 is equivalent to green 11, yellow 3 to purple 13, and blue 8 to 8 orange. His harmony is adding up to 16 each time. End quote. These notions of how ratios of color combinations balance each other to achieve harmony date back to Aristotle and sense and the sensible. Arthur Schopenhauer, in On Vision and Colors of 1816, writes of the primary colors of red, yellow, and blue, and how they exist in pairs alongside their complementary colors of green, violet, and orange. These pairs together activate 100% of the retina. Therefore, all colors are fractions, and black and white are not true colors, but rather they are bookends to the spectrum of material or subtractive colors, where black is zero and one is white. And then I list Schopenhauer's graph that he made, where black is zero, violet is one quarter, blue is one third, green is one half, red is one half, orange is two-thirds, yellow, three-quarters, one is white. 
Johannes Itten adopts those exact proportions of complementary color pairs when writing and illustrating how colors occupy space to achieve harmony. Itten also carry, carries forward a list of the ways in which colors contrast each other, modified slightly from his teacher, Adolf Holzel, as he lists his seven contrasts. In addition to the contrast of proportion, or quantity of colors, which Itten refers to as the contrast of extension, he cites these ways in which colors interact. Contrast of hue, light, dark contrast, warm, cool contrast, 12-part contrast, complementary contrast, spontaneous contrast, contrast of saturation, and also the uh, contrast of extension. That 12-part contrast, Itten's uh, color wheel had 12 pieces, so that's what he's referring to there. Joseph Albers, in his book Interaction of Color of 1963, cites quantity as the most useful way to measure the functions of colors in, comp in a composition. He argues against Itten's notions of objective color harmonies as colors that mix to gray, writing that it is not possible for a formula to take into account all the factors affecting the perception of colors. He writes, good painting, good coloring, is comparable to good cooking. Even a good cooking recipe demands tasting and repeated tasting while it is being followed, and the best tasting still depends on a cook with taste, end quote. However, Albers does embrace the notion of Schopenhauer's color ratios and proportions while he rejects the complementary requirement, arguing that harmony should be valued as much as dissonance. If consonance is to be valued on par with dissonance, the need is not for palettes to mix to gray. They achieve balance through the area allotted for each color in relation to the overall palette. Albers writes, quote, such quantity studies have taught us to believe that, independent of harmony rules, any color goes or works with any other color, presupposing that their quantities are appropriate. End quote. It is important to note these ratios and chart the history of how complementary colors came to be defined in art and design education at the Bauhaus in the early 20th century because these ideas gave birth to the anal analogous split complementary color scheme. An analogous split complementary palette is one where the artist or designer selects a complementary pair and then creates a wedge-like shaped gamut across the color wheel by expanding the band of colors equally to the right and left along the color wheel from one of the complements. For instance, blue and orange as, as complements expand along the blue arc to a green blue and a violet blue, each equal distance from the source blue color, to form a range of blue colors as the armature for the design with the orange colors and other colors from other hues used to greater or lesser degrees to form accents and other focal points. Joy Turner Luke 
describes the analogous split complementary palette concept in the compendium The Munsell Color System, A Language for Color, in 1996. She outlines how the identification of complements arose out of the study of afterimages, but suggests that claims of the mind wishing to restore balance, or gray, is not the reason color combinations are deemed to be harmonious. They are harmonious according to Munsell and Turner Luke because the mind views colors that are near each other on the color wheel as unified and balanced. For instance, the sky and landscape at sunset are viewed as beautiful because the changing color of the sunlight shifting towards the red, orange, yellow portion of the spectrum is affecting the colors of every object, causing trees, rocks, grass, buildings, etc. to be more alike in color, more red, orange, yellow, and hence the overall visual field is more unified. This unity creates harmony, therefore a composition made up of colors which are near each other on the color wheel, along with their complements as accents, form harmonious palettes. Turner Luke writes, quote, Harmony indicates an interrelationship among colors. The relationship can be based on hue, value, or chroma, and various combinations of these. End quote. Turner Luke describes precise formulas Albert Munsell generated for factoring the hue, value, and chroma of each color to determine the area or quantity they needed to occupy within the design to balance each other. It is not possible to overstate how influential and ubiquitous the analogous split complementary color palette methodology has been over the last 100 years in the fields of art and design. In food packaging, household good designs, toys, brand identities, logos, album artwork and poster design, graphic design in general, as well as the fields of illustration, printmaking, photography, painting, drawing, animation, advertising, interior design, and architecture, to name just a few. (laughs) Here I will end the reading of part two of Harmony and save the final section for part three, which will focus on the work of Emily Noyes Vanderpool and Mary Gartside as they relate to the history that I've plotted out over parts one and two of this reading. They both published books at critical times in uh, Western history. Mary Gartside published uh, three books on color theory in the early 1800s in the couple of years before Goethe published Zerfarbalera. And Emily Noyes Vanderpool published a treatise on color theory in 1903, predating Johannes Itten and Albers' uh, writing by uh, decades in the case of Albers. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with your friends and family who may be interested and follow Chromosphere color theory podcast on facebook and instagram we'd love to hear from you if you have comments or suggestions i'd like to thank jeremy shapinski for writing and performing the theme music 
thank you also to Grant Winkles, Susie Manili, and Jeremy Shapinsky again for their production, consulting, and editing. <laughs>